0: Of 2023 i'm kyle warner joined by keenan what's up keenan
1: not much uh how was your new year
0: new year was cool rung it in with friends uh had a blast had a blast we were at uh the mgm in springfield we had a great time it was uh it was a different crowd than we were expecting but you know it was a cool dj cool atmosphere we had a blast how, how was your new year
1: uh good actually i went in I went out with Danny to a place Brown Boxer in Clearwater on Clearwater Beach and so in the place that we were at it's kind of like a clubbish area they have like an arcade in it and then downstairs there's like a bar section as well it's pretty it's actually a pretty cool place on the, along the beach as the ball was dropping I watched Ohio State lose against Georgia and so I watched the fifty-yard kick be missed as pretty much the ball was dropping, which was wild to watch that there. It,
0: I did see that. That's right. I did see it was like damn near simultaneous as the ball dropped. Yeah, I was say the,
1: the kick happened. There was um, Stenson Bennett, a quarterback for Georgia, was celebrating. <laughs> you just saw him running on the field, and then all you see is <laughs> Happy New Year, and <laughs> just the ball drops. Like okay. That's a, re- that's a really good way for Ohio State at the end, 2022. Able blew a 14-point lead in the fourth, but that was a really good game. And also the Michigan-TCU game, not that I was expecting to talk college football at all, but both games are really good games, so good for TCU. Hopefully they don't get killed by Georgia, but yeah.
0: <laughs> what a way to ring in the new year for sure. Uh, listen, let's talk football. Let's get right to it. Uh, to say it's a weird week would be an understatement. Uh, we had the DeMar Hamlin incident on Monday Night Football in a much-anticipated game that had a lot to do with playoff seating. And, what, eight minutes into the game?
1: Uh, five, five minutes, 58 seconds left in the game. T. Higgins catches a routine ball over the middle. Um, first down, the Bengals are moving the ball again. The uh, collide, regular NFL hit, and DeMar obviously gets knocked down, brings him down with the tackle, stands up, and then just collapse. And well, obviously we all know what happened, but, man, that was one of the scariest things I've ever really seen in a sporting event live.
0: Right, yeah, super scary moment. Uh, I did not catch it live, so I was rushing home from work to see this game. Like I, This was the game of the week to see was Bills-Bangles. For basically a chance at the one seed, like for sure a two seed, but also the chance at the one seed in the in the coming week that we have for week 18. And uh, I'll explain this to you because you you know the area. I was heading into a dead zone. I got about like a 10 minute, 12 minute dead zone between where I work and where I live. And right before that, I checked Twitter just to see the score and just to see what was going on. And I saw the Dana White news. I don't know if you saw this, but Dana White uh, on video caught hitting his wife, right? Did Mm -hmm. you see this?
1: No, I did not see this, actually.
0: So, yeah, this was... This had to have been, like... The story probably broke in total like a half hour before the Damar Hamlin uh, unfortunate incident. Yeah. And... You know, it's breaking on Twitter probably, like, at that moment, right? Like, 10 minutes before the incident, I would say. So I see it as I'm heading into the dead zone. I'm like, wow. I'm literally thinking to myself, you know, as a a renowned UFC fan now, I'm like, damn, I'm going to be keeping up with this story while I'm watching the game, right? Mm -hmm. I get out of the dead zone, check Twitter again. I see it's a 7-3 game. I'm like, damn, here we go. There's already scoring. Like, great game already. And then I see the trending topic. The number one trending topic is Hamlin. And I'm like, okay, usually if the number one trending topic is someone to do with the game, and the only reason I knew it had to do with the game, because you know, DeMar Hamlin isn't really a household name at all, you know, on either team, right? So, the only reason I knew that was because under it said trending with uh, Monday Night Football and Bengals-Bills. So I'm like, all right, either he made, like, the catch of the year, or a crazy run, or a crazy interception, like, something crazy happened that much i knew and by this time i'm almost home and i happen to go to the topic and i see that you know it was a serious injury and of course i immediately think maybe a a bad concussion uh you know maybe a a compound fracture broken leg something and then i see it was actually a skip bayless tweet that said cpr was administered and it was very serious and immediately i'm like oh shit and then Pretty much right after that, my phone starts blowing up about, you know, what's going on at the game, this and that. And, you know, obviously I go home to, like, the game and being paused. And, you know, the coverage and, you know, the ambulance being taken away from the game and such and such. It was just a wild scene, one I've never seen. And we've seen games where it has to be stopped for quite a long time. I mean, we had the Ryan Shazier situation, what, probably about six years ago?
1: Yeah. Was that- yeah. So, I mean, we've
0: seen stuff like that in a game, but then to hear what actually transpired and what happened and, you know, cardiologists weighing in on Twitter about what looked like happened, and it was super scary. I mean, you know, I mentioned how it started with Dana White, then in the middle of all that, Donovan Mitchell scores 71, but I didn't even, like, didn't even occur to me to check the highlights because I was so worried about the situation, much like everyone else. I think everybody in the sports world was checking for updates on Demar. Uh, from Monday until now. And then, you know, today I, we get great news about the situation, about how he's alert, he's awake, he asked who won the game via some sort of message. He, he wasn't able to speak, but...
1: Uh, he, I know. think he's able to write. So I think he was able to write out, like, I'll, probably not, like, very great penmanship, but he was able to kind of write out who won the game, and then the doctor said that, yeah, you won at life. So,
0: yeah. a so uh, really cool just moment be- there. That's just an amazing story and, you know, in a moment of, of, of tragedy, truly tragic. Really, we didn't know whether he was going to live or not Monday night, you know, to see people around the country, maybe even the world donate to his, to his cause, uh, to his foundation, uh, which raised an insane amount of money just over the course of the last few days. It was wonderful to see people be so beautiful. In a moment that was uh, scary, so scary and ugly and, you know, unforeseen, really. I mean, for all the football games that happened, that was such a freak accident and such a scary incident. Uh, It was cool to see, you know, everyone actually be united for a little bit and, you know, really show the beauty in the world and the beauty that people have. So yeah, 100%. that was, that was my takeaway from it truly. And I, once again, glad to see that he's doing okay. And it looks like he's going to make some sort of full recovery here.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so amazing, just amazing stuff
1: all it, around. It really is. I was, I was sitting down watching the game on, on my iPad, uh, had an AirPod in and it went to commercial cause there was someone down, but we didn't know why. So like, we just watched the play looked regular there's like all players down on the field so they go to their commercial break as they normally do I thought nothing of it because there was no like Joe Buck didn't know anything Troy Aikman didn't know anything no one had reported and Lisa Salters didn't say anything at all obviously because it was just a routine so we thought at the time just a routine like a guy's down we got to check on him when you go when you come back from the commercial in about a minute and a half you see this isn't routine. You see ambulances running on. Uh, you got to give enormous credit to the medical staff that was on hand because obviously you've never seen this, I've never seen this, they've never seen this because it's never happened on an NFL field, at least in modern history, that someone went into cardiac arrest on the field. So they were quick on their feet and saved the guy's life because obviously he needed to be administered CPR on field. That you just don't hear about that ever obviously you've seen you've seen paralyzation, you've seen uh compound fractures you've seen concussions to where guys can't stand up you've seen all of that in the violent sport that is football, but you've never seen something as crazy and as this was just uniquely uniquely just rare in how like what happened here but very very good job by the medical crew on staff. To make sure that this guy was insured at least a chance at life. And now it looks like he's going to have the ability to recover. So great on their part. And then, as you said, it was great to see that people did unite. Okay. They find anything they possibly could find. There was like this toys foundation that already had, only had like 2,500 donated to it or something along those lines. And then the last that I saw, this was like a day and a half ago, that was up to 3.8 million. It's probably north of four now which is just phenomenal to see that people are trying to do the best that they can to support him as you said hope for a quick hope for a speedy recovery as if like as you can get that he can get back to full health football's probably not looking like anything in his future at all but when that's not a concern at all the fact that he'll be able to walk breathe live a life outside of the confinement of a hospital will be great so it was something I've never seen before. I'm not sure if we'd see something like it again. Just it's such a one of one situation. And the way that it was handled, for the most part, was very great. And it was good to see a band of people come together to try to help this person, his family, and so on out.
0: Yeah. And there's been incidents of this across other sports, namely basketball. Like, I think it's happened. Not quite a few times, but in comparison to football, certainly more. Like I, you know, probably a handful of times, but you know, it's it's scary. You know, I mean, that's how Reggie Lewis of the Boston Celtics he passed from a from a heart condition on the court. I mean, he didn't pass right at that moment. He passed like a month later, I believe. But related to a heart condition.
1: Yeah. Um. There was also I know. Remember, there was a. Um so, Athens
0: is another one from from the NCAA who passed on the court, I believe, from I, a heart condition.
1: I believe there was a kid, I believe there was a kid uh, in high school who hit a game winning shot, and then like afterwards, I believe he ended up passing because of the fact of a heart issue that he had after the celebration. It hit afterwards, but there has been like weird little things. What? That does sound familiar. Yeah, I was gonna say, but there's been like things like that to where like you there's been complications, and then later on, but the, I've never personally seen or really even heard of on the field like that kind of snap of the mo- like snapshot, like life or death, like right in the hands, and like you're almost visually seeing it because I think they're on the, f- the ambulance is on the field for maybe nine minutes, if not longer, nine to thirteen minutes before they're able to get them to uh, the local hospital and then work on them there. But uh, it was, it was something that I've, um, as I said, I've never seen before. And it was absolutely crazy, but I'm glad that he's able to, he's made significant improvement from when he went into the hospital. And hopefully that, that just continues to trend upwards every day.
0: Yeah. The only thing that I think would compare to it is, and this was before either of our times is, uh, well, there's a, there's a player in the league, Darryl Stingley Jr. He's on the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. His father, his father, I believe his father, yeah. He he was paralyzed in a game, I believe. He actually played for the Patriots. And uh, he's either late 70s, or early 80s, and he was paralyzed in the game. Uh, uh, Ryan Shazier was nearly paralyzed, right? Sterling
1: like, Sharp was another one. Um, yeah,
0: he had like some serious neck injury. Yeah. But I don't believe they were fully paralyzed. Like... Uh, like Daryl Stingley. Mm-hmm. She's no, I was going to
1: say, they both, uh, Shazier made a recovery and then uh, Sterling started both. They both, their careers ended because of it, but they weren't yeah. able to, they, but they were still able to uh, walk and things like that.
0: Yeah. So yeah, no, football is just certainly a violent game. You, you realize that every time you're watching too, like there's, there's never a moment where there's not, even the minor injuries look serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Same thing in UFC. You kind of you're watching it and you're like, or even boxing. You're watching it and you know it's violent and you know there's a risk.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes you
0: catch yourself. You're like, man, what if one of these guys did not get up from one of these hits? You know what I mean? And it's Uh, and it's
1: very on the table for like all in hockey as well. Like when you're getting hit into the. I was gonna say when you're getting hit into the boards. Like there's. I mean there's definitely been in hockey at some point I, I I don't know hockey history, but I'm assuming there's been at a point where someone's been almost paralyzed or paralyzed from getting hit into the boards or getting hit the right way. Like every punch or kick in the UFC could end in a fatality, unfortunately, but it's such a exhilarating sport. It keeps you on your that keeps you on the edge of your seat. So you're gonna watch it, it's entertaining and the athletes love it, so But at the same time, you could connect with anybody in the head in a certain way, or in the heart, or whatever, and that could obviously their life could completely change. Same with the NFL, hockey, and I mean, an extent every sport. Because baseball, we've seen it with baseballs coming back, hitting pitchers in the head, and things like that. So, like most of most sports you're gonna play have some level of danger to them.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and you're exactly right when you mentioned baseball and the and the comeback the comebackers like off the back of the pitcher like Mm -hmm. every single time that happens you're like how does a how does this not happen every game b how has there not been a more serious injury granted we've seen serious injuries with that but it really is a miracle even back to like how they now have uh nets surrounding a lot of the back area at baseball games like it's amazing more fans were injured off these extremely hard line drives you know what i mean like
1: hard line drives sometimes the throwing the bat um wild pitches like there's so many ways that especially in baseball that a ball can go airing into the crowd or that it could come back at an athlete on the field
0: but especially a line drive when it's coming you know if the pitch is going at you 96 maybe maybe less if it's an off-speed pitch but you know if it's a fastball and then you're lining it off at who knows what, 200 miles an hour? Like, it's definitely coming twice as fast off, if not just as fast. Uh, yeah, it's a miracle that more of this stuff doesn't happen in these sports. Or like, in basketball, when you see a guy sometimes hang on the rim an extra second, and he flips over himself and damn near lands on his mm-hmm. neck. I don't know how many times you see that. Um, At least once a season, and I'm- it rarely does it actually result in anything. I think Bogut had a serious injury to his arm.
1: Yeah. Uh, one that always gets me when I'm watching it, it didn't happen, but, um, two years ago, Anthony Edwards, like his best, probably his best dunk of his career, his poster, the way he lands on his leg. Every time I feel it's going to be a compound fracture. I don't know how he didn't get like hurt on that one, but there's so many different times where these six, six to six, eight athletes are jumping 48 inches into the air, colliding bodies to try to either stop the stop a dunk, dunk on somebody, and then, like, their bodies have to fall three to four feet, each of them. Like, there's so much things that could happen on, on the way down there. So it really is – it's a miracle, and it's gr- – I mean, it's great that it doesn't happen as much, but it's really a miracle that it doesn't happen as often as it possibly could because these athletes are supremely talented, and they're putting their bodies in places where <laughs> – they're not always meant to be, but that's the beauty of the game and their abilities.
0: Yeah, and yeah, with hockey, there's been situations of people getting cut with the with the skate, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like in the back, which is insanely scary. Yes. Uh, and it's weird. I mean, just to go back to UFC, it's really weird how how safe the UFC is, like with with their fight stoppages and everything. There's very, very rarely you know, aside from maybe broken legs, there's very rarely serious head injuries. I mean, obviously you are. That's actually not true. I mean, I would assume you'd be concussed if you're getting knocked out. So yes, you are subject to head injuries, but maybe not in the way like Tua is where he's getting thrown back into these games or, you know, football players where you kind of can pass these concussion tests. Whereas in the UFC, it seems like you kind of, are either stopped in between rounds or, you know, there's not much further risk for concussion after at least it seems that
1: way. The UFC does, from what I've seen, I don't watch obviously much UFC, but the UFC does a phenomenal job of keeping an ultimate fighting challenge as safe as it possibly can be. So, like, I mean, obviously, there's obviously going to be a level of violence when you're hitting and kicking and grappling and choking out, trying an arm bar. Like, there's going to be a level of there's going to be a level of violence that's going to have to partake in that because that's what the sport is. But they do the uh, officials do a very good job or umpires do a very good job of making sure that the athlete that you don't get that extra two hits. When the when um say, uh say uh Adesanya was getting knocked out It doesn't happen but say he got knocked out the stack you don't get two extra hits on him when he's completely relaxed and his brain is completely exposed that to those two hits sometimes you do. sometimes you do as I say sometimes you do but they do a pretty good job of making it so like they don't get too many devastating blows to somebody who is not fully capable of being prepped for it at least from at least from what i've seen they haven't i mean obviously i don't keep up with the ufc like that but from what i've seen they do a pretty good job of making sure that there's not any unnecessary blows taken to the athletes and the fighters that are in the octagon
0: no that's for sure and there's definitely fighters who are smart enough and safe enough who pull back once they see someone's knocked out there are some fighters who do not do that and they clearly see someone's knocked out and they'll go up to follow-up shots. But usually, yes, even when they're going for those follow-up shots, the ref's usually in there by strike one or two. Uh, You know, again, once again, 100% happy that DeMar Hamlin is safe and is on the road to recovery.
1: Yes, couldn't agree more.
0: Uh, You know, the NFL – First of all, the NFL made a great decision to postpone the game completely. And then now, as we saw about an hour ago, maybe two hours ago, they canceled the game, which, you know, was kind of hanging over. And we figured that's what would happen because this was such a weird time for it to happen on the Monday of week 17 going into the last week. There's really no place at all where you could fit that game. It's not like it was week 12. I mean... Even if it was Week Twelve or anywhere else during the season, it would be a, it would be at a disadvantage for both teams to reschedule the game anywhere during any week. You know, unless they each had a corresponding bye week, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, and then
0: for it to happen again, you know, the week before the last week with so much playoff implications. I, I mean, we saw Skip Bayless get ridiculed for this on Twitter, and I, you know, I have my own thoughts on that. I. I don't think that was his intention at all. I think his timing was bad, but I don't think his intentions was like, it's, hey, fuck this guy's life. No. But his timing
1: was bad and how it read was bad, but I don't think his intentions I mean, were as how it read.
0: I don't even think how it read was bad. I mean, what he said, I was saying literally to people as it was happening prior to him saying that. I was like, hey, what's going to happen here? You know, with one week left in the season with so much implication, like what's going to what's going to happen? You know, obvious concern for him. But, you know, I'm sure there was other people around the country. And I do wonder, again, I'm not trying to shoot Skip Bayless, any bail here, especially after I didn't see the clip. But I know Shannon asked him to take down the tweet and he said, no, that's that's a whole other story. But I do wonder if that's Scotty and Pell or someone else in the media. And they say that exact tweet, if they'd get that same exact reaction, they wouldn't. Um, granted, Skip. Granted, Skip doesn't do himself any favors, but I, you know, his tweet before and after that were too much concern, and uh, you know, I do think people just love to pile on easy targets here. And, but that's, that's, that's a, pretty a, big, that's a pretty point.
1: Yeah, I was going to say in a moment like that too. I know some people kind of look for someone to blame or someone to get mad at because of how dire this the situation can be. So. Having a tweet that's kind of on the line of controversial because of the fact of the timing of it and uh, what it obviously what it said, it was like okay, Skip is now like a target, so like he just became kind of like a, a let's get this guy out of here, like he doesn't like this is his last straw, like all those kinds of things, where I didn't feel like it just it didn't feel like at the time it didn't look right and it shouldn't have been like. But at the same time, I understand what his point was because you were think like regardless of obviously worrying for his life, you could worry for his life, which everybody was. No one was trying to take it. Like, man, this game has to go on. Like, who cares about? Like, everyone was so concerned about him because we, again, we really had never seen this before. But then the sports part of it, because like when you move on, you're like, wait a second, this is week seventeen. This is Monday Night Football. This is the current one seed, or the uh, if the Bills win, they are the one seed. If the Bengals win, they could have a chance at the one seed. The Bills are down to th- like, like, The implications on the rest of the NFL season was act- very high, and the fact that this game's not going to be played is going to show, but that, again, is secondary to DeMar Hamlin's life, so no one's trying to make it seem like it's not. And I don't think Skip was trying to make that seem like it wasn't either
0: for sure i just think i think what caught my attention was people were acting like he made a statement like let's get this game going when yeah he was really no but was really asking a question like what's gonna happen here which i get the point was to be like hey that doesn't matter but which is true like his life matters overall like there it was just a game you know what i mean at the 100%. end of the day it's yeah just it's a
1: just a, it's just a game compa- in comparison
0: but i do think he was asking a question that I mean, I know I was asking that. I was like, yo, what the hell? Like, what are they really good You know what I mean? And it's interesting because they are going to just go go ahead with the Bills and Bengals having 16 games. Yeah. To everyone else is 17. That's really interesting. And then now we see, I don't know if you saw this, they're talking about a neutral site for the AFC yeah, Championship. Yeah, I
1: did see that. If um, I saw a neutral site for, yeah, if it is Bills and uh, Chiefs, a neutral site there, and then if it's a – um the ravens and bangles play in the playoffs for some reason like if the bangles because if the ravens win this week something along the lines of if the ravens win they'd be making it to a neutral site there for the like after the division because the ravens i think would be the four or five i don't really i know it wouldn't be five i don't know they were talking about the, they were talking about the ravens and bangles possibly having to be at a neutral site too for how way something worked out
0: but that's very confusing, especially on the Ravens part of it. I don't really understand yeah, that. No, I how wasn't, do you
1: feel, about, I do you feel about the neutral state? Um I get it because I get it because of the fact that like you weren't able to participate in the game and obviously it was seven to three. The Bengals moved the ball down the field on the first drive with ease touchdown. The Bills moved the ball down the field pretty easily. They got a field goal, and then the Bengals are moving again. We don't obviously know how the game was going. There was sixty or about 52 minutes left to play in football. But I I get it because Casey is a tough place to play, but that also almost penalizes them in a sense for how, like, obviously yeah. they've they've worked all year to get to that point. If they went there, they'd have to win for it or both teams lose, but – Say they win, they're playing the Raiders. Uh, they go fourteen and three. They worked all of this year to get that game at home in KC, but they weren't able to do it. I guess the neutral site would be the most fair way, just because Buffalo did beat KC during the year. But I don't, I I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, that
0: it definitely caught my attention. I was like neutral site, okay, because you're right, the Bills. I guess if you're the Bills or the Bengals, you shouldn't necessarily be punished. But at the same time,
1: standings as is going into that game, it was
0: Chiefs one, Bills two, Bengals three. Correct?
1: Yeah. So I was gonna say the Chiefs the Chiefs only because they were thirteen and three. The Bills were twelve and three. The Bengals were eleven and four. If the Bengals win, they move up to the two. If the if the Bengals had won, they moved up to the two. The Bills had won, they'd stay at the number one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting. It, it really Very is. much. Um, I guess when you put it like that, I guess I do understand the neutral site, but I mean, I guess I look at it more so at the KC end. Yeah. Where, like, you you fight all year, you lose only three games, assuming they beat the Raiders, right? Let's just assume they beat the Raiders yeah. this yeah. Saturday. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, because, I mean, Raiders do always play them very well, but let's just assume, for sake of argument, they win, they're 14-3. Then you got to almost play... I want to say two Super Bowls, but let's say you know what I mean. Two neutral sites in the playoffs, which isn't necessarily a a disadvantage, but I'm not sure it's an advantage either. But then again, if you're playing at a neutral site, I'm assuming that will be a dome stadium. So I mean, that's almost advantage.
1: Yeah, and where's this both neutral? teams, I guess. And where's this know. neutral site? Because like, I mean. You've got Buffalo and you've got KC. People are still obviously going to be able to attend the game. You put it anywhere in the West, you're going to have a KC-favorite crowd. You put it, depending on where you put it on the East, you're going to have to put it in a place like... I I couldn't...
0: Detroit would be the most central to either of them. I mean, KC's yeah. kind of the South, kind of the Midwest. Yeah, yeah I was going yeah, to say,
1: it'd have to be like Detroit or you could do... Detroit, I mean, you wouldn't want to fly him all the way down to Florida. Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: either way, the travel's not really the worst. Yeah, true, because of you, but, bring LA, the, you bring them
1: the to L.A. The worst
0: school. part about it would be, I guess, you know what? The travel kind of would suck, especially if it is out west, right? The travel would suck because it's not like the Super Bowl where we have a week in between. So, yes, it might suck, I guess, It'd be no different than if you're, say, Buffalo, then you got to go play the Rams the next week. Sure. But the, the trouble the NFL is going to have with especially a team like Detroit, and especially if, let's say, Detroit didn't make it to the playoffs and did not make it to the NFC Championship game, so they mm-hmm. wouldn't need to. I don't think there's any situation where they host because they'd be the last seed, so that doesn't really matter. But a city like Detroit or, let's say, Houston, who has a dome stadium, uh, these are major cities who certainly book up the place for events and concerts as soon as the season's over you know even yeah. during the but especially on a on a weekend so it'll be interesting to see what is actually available to them i'm sure they'll find something of course but it's definitely not going to be easy and it's going to be i don't know it's going to be interesting and the worst part about it is you're going to have fan bases who are clamoring that'll be a reason why such-and-such such team lost because they didn't have home-field advantage. Oh, there. Oh,
1: yeah. If, case, if it's
0: a dome, you, I mean, you're truly at a... Both teams are at an advantage, right? There. You know what I mean? It's common mm-hmm. ground when you're at a dome, especially you're a team like Buffalo and especially KC where you're very offensive-centric. And, and Cincinnati, all three teams it would be very beneficial to
1: Yeah, and I'll say um, uh, two <sighs> things I want to say. The, uh, the thing about Cincinnati that Baltimore is saying... Earlier, They said in the uh, little NFL thing If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati And if those two clubs are scheduled To play a wild card game Against one another The site for the game would be determined by a coin toss that Interesting was, So that was in the same thing as that Neutral field, that was what was discussed With the uh, Ravens and uh, Bengals, I knew I had read something So, along those so, lines.
0: Time, so time out So the Ravens Will have obviously more games played than the Bengals. so if the ravens win this week they'll have the same winning percentage as the Bengals. is that
1: so um the with the bangles them the Bengals had to have um won this game the last game for them because the ravens lost to the steelers so basically this game right. now is still for the division so if the ravens were to win they would be the three seed i think it would go down the winning percentage and they would have the better one and then, if since he was to lose, I think since he would have to lose, and the Chargers would have to win, and that would make the Bengals go from the five to the six, because that's the only way that they would be able to the three six, because they wouldn't, the Ravens couldn't drop down to the four because the uh, the Jags or the Titans are not good enough for that.
0: That's confusing to me because I thought I saw that the Bengals were awarded the AFC North champs.
1: I, but here, I you're right actually. You know, you are right. I don't know how, why that was put in that NFL thing. Because that's, that's weird because the Bengals are 11 and four right now. The Ravens are 10 and six. If the Ravens win, they'll go to 11 and six. The Bengals will be 11 and five. By default, they'll have a better win percentage. Yeah. So, like, I don't understand why they added that last note then.
0: And default champs. That's really weird. That is extremely
1: Yeah. Uh, weird. Okay. Because um, that's why I was saying that. I. Okay. I and what's, uh,
0: what's the Chargers record right now?
1: Uh, the Chargers' record, I believe, is ten and six. Um, hold on, yeah, they're ten and six, so they could get to eleven and six. And because I know the chart, if the Ravens lose and the Chargers are stuck at the five seed, and they can't like even if so, regardless of their game, if the Ravens win, the Chargers have to win to stay at the five. Huh.
0: Many implications this week. I yeah, mean, you throw you throw that on top of it, and again, thank God, Demar's okay. A hundred percent. I
1: mean, that's the number one thing of the entire football season and everything and making sure he's okay. But I'm glad he's shown substantial improvement.
0: I mean, you've heard me say all season and especially before the beginning of the season that the only reason I like this 18th game is because it creates even more chaos, even though there would already be chaos in the in the 17 game season. Yeah, Uh this is not the chaos I meant at all. I was not talking about a cardiac arrest. No, no, no. And, then, and then such. This is such unprecedented uh, territory. It really is. But yeah. that being said, Keen, let's transition to the Week 18 games. I mean, this is... We've got a mini playoff weekend right here. We've got a do-or-die game for the AFC South. We've yeah. got a do-or-die game for the last wild-card spot uh, in the Packers and Lions, which really... Is more for the Packers than it is for the Lions because the Lions really hinge on how the Seahawks do earlier against the Rams. Yeah. Uh, which is somewhat a mini rivalry game now. I mean, it's already in division, but, you know, we saw tempers flare in the last game between the Seahawks and the Rams. Um, we've got a great slate of games. Y- you want to get right into picks?
1: Uh, yes. I'm good with that.
0: Do you have our current records?
1: Yes. So I just uh, tallied them up. It's coming right down to the wire for us, too. We are cool and never like made a actually, um, uh, a bet for it. But so, as we'll of week 17, yeah,
0: as of week 17, or we could do something for the postseason, too. We'll see.
1: True, you're 160, 90, and three,
0: well above 500. You're well, you have nine, three ties.
1: You have three ties because well, you put you one, put, I guessed a tie, one, you guessed a th- ties and there's been two ties, so I didn't know how. Well, so, we
0: what. What was the second time? I know there was one in week one. I can't remember the second time. Um
1: it was oh Giants Washington.
0: That's right, of course, yeah.
1: Giants Washington, sixteen to sixteen, I think it was. But um could be wrong about the score. But then you're one sixty ninety and three, I'm one fifty eight, ninety three and two. Wow. So the last the last three weeks. I went down from down seven in the win column to down two. I've had a couple big weeks. Last week was a big one for. We had five games that were choosing different, and I went four and one in those games. So, that
0: watch, watch it come down to the game I picked a tie.
1: <laughs> it might, but I very
0: well could have just picked a you know an outcome. What was it? It was Brown Saints. I picked a tie, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, and also oh. it, that Cincy Buffalo game would have been another one that would have, because I had Cincy, you had Buffalo, so yes. that would have been another game that could have either pushed you a little farther ahead or me closer. But one week left, we'll see how it goes.
0: All right, let's do these week eighteen picks. and then uh, we actually want to double down on uh, on our music selections for like albums of the year, our songs of the year. We want to double back on that. We just want to go a little more in depth, you know? So, so we
1: had a lot of talking about kind of, kind of did a great job of coming up with some questions and things, talking about almost a variety of music, but we'd like to dive a little bit more into why we chose what albums we did and songs.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So no Thursday game this week, obviously, strictly weekend games. Uh, so we'll start with our Saturday games.
1: Um, i have K- a quick TV. question randomly sure, go ahead. would yeah. you i understand i understand they probably won't be able to ever do this because of the fact that there is a college football but if we made thursday night games irrelevant and moved them to like say saturday night games like instead of having the thursday night game just had the saturday night so you just had a football weekend would you prefer mm-hmm. that or do you like the monday thursday sunday
0: keeping the Monday night games obviously
1: keeping the Monday night games just because that's kind of a staple so you have so I would because yeah. having just like a Saturday night game for football a Sunday have obviously your Sunday slate and then a Monday night game for football or elim- eliminate the Thursday so then you kind of eliminate that like major four- day swing like obviously you could have like an extra day or off or extra day or two days technically with the Saturday to Monday if you had that kind of turnaround but I kind of like that more if you just had one Saturday night game. I understand they probably wouldn't do it for college football ratings because you'd have some of your better, like, USC, Bama will play at night. But I would like it more than the Thursday, personally.
0: Yeah, I would take that over Thursday night, any day. I'm not, I've am not. i never been a big fan of the Thursday night games once they became, like, part of the regular schedule. Because yeah. it used to be, I'm pretty sure back before it became a, you know, an 18-week thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it would start after Thanksgiving where they would throw Thursday night games on. Yeah. Which isn't as bad because it's, what, week 12, week 11, week 12 and on. Then you get five games. Thing is, though, it's such a disadvantage, especially if you're the road team because you're not really practicing on Monday. So you're really getting two days of practice and then you're flying in and your body is your body's not fully recovered if it's a Sunday game, let alone a Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So, uh, yeah, I've never been a fan. I mean, you, you see the product. Much of the games you get are ugly games, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think the best Thursday night games we really got were Thanksgiving, and that's usually the case is your Thursday night games on Thanksgiving are okay because of the hype, because of the lore of Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, sure, you do get some good games on Thursday here and there, but I would say by and large, out of 18 games, you might get – Six. Six really good games, maybe.
1: Yeah, the 33 percent you know? clip's not a great clip.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, I would say probably most of those are towards the end of the season with real stakes. There's a lot of times there's a lot of times it's just either weird matchups. I know I think they keep it strictly division now, don't they? Every Thursday night game's a division game, unless it's like later in the season. So I don't know. I've never been a fan of them. I would much rather have yeah a Saturday night game. That way you're not really at a disadvantage. You would certainly get better games. Uh, I mean, just same thing. Like you know, you get great Saturday night NBA games. Why? Because everyone's eyes are on that game on a Saturday night on ABC. You know, yeah. They start dwindling down. I mean, during football season, the NBA has a lot of games on Saturday. Once, once football season kind of lines down, and then we get the Saturday night primetime games, you only see really two or three other NBA games or that's the lone game on the schedule. So you can have those eyes on. And yeah, the NFL would be competing with college football, but would it really? I mean, yeah, no, as, popular, as popular as college football is in its specific regions like Alabama and really the whole South, and then you know you got pretty rapid Pac-12s fan bases, I can guarantee you if you put Bill's Chiefs bills Bengals, you know whichever name a top team on a saturday night or you know any team that has a big following you know you put the steelers there i don't care what their record is you put steelers or the cowboys there you, everyone's gonna watch so yeah 100
1: I would, I would love it
0: i would love it that will unfortunately probably never happen but yeah no i would much prefer saturday night football to thursday night football without a
1: doubt i agree Um, I wasn't. And also, I was saying that for college football reasons, they wouldn't want to put NFL on that at night. Uh, Whatever program was playing that night wants more eyes on them, not on whatever NFL games going on, because that's probably going to get the more eyes. But um, I think that if you just had opening night, I like that. I'm fine with that being on a Thursday. So if you just had opening night on a Thursday, you had Thanksgiving on a Thursday. Because then when you go into these Saturday night games anyway for the last few couple weeks of the season and into the, the playoffs, it just feels regular rather than feeling a little bit different. Um, also, when it's a weekend, people are more apt to go out, which you be, you'd be in more of a space to actually watch the game. I know during the week, people who are on a your typical 9-5 to five schedule, it sometimes is hard to stay up until... Eleven fifteen, eleven thirty at night and then go to sleep and then go whatever your work routine is because you are getting less sleep at night depending on who for me it doesn't matter because I'll watch it regardless but and I'm up that late regardless anyways but I think that Saturday night games if you just had one Saturday night game a Sunday slate and then one Monday night game three straight days of football and then go throughout the week would be the best option but we can get to these picks now
0: yeah yeah uh, last thing I was going to say I'm sure if you ask. Each and every NFL player, I almost guarantee they would all say yes to yeah. Saturday instead of Thursday. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but yeah, let's get to these games. Like we said, Saturday, the early game, KC at Vegas Chiefs. First Raiders. Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite. I am going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, by the way, I let me eat some crow here. I gave a ton of hate and a ton of disregard. Jared Stidham, who did nothing but light it up and you know put pressure on the 49ers defense in a way nobody has in weeks. So, yeah, since the Chiefs did about seven weeks back. ago, yeah. Uh, Stidham looked great. I mean, he's been in that McDaniels offense his entire career. I think he went from New England to Vegas. Yep, he might have been there that last I don't know when his last year in New England was, was with us truly, probably that cameo. I don't know, but uh. Yeah, I think that was his last year with us, actually. And, yeah, he looked great. I was not expecting that at all. I would expect some of the comfort, but, I, you know, throw the ball all around and have the command that he did. Uh, props to him. Props to him. I do think this will be a bit of a closer game. The Raiders always seem to play. The Chiefs tough. I'm going to say 31-21, though, KC, locking up that one seed for sure.
1: You said 31 to 20? 31 21 10 point 21, game. Thank you. Um I have 30 to 22 KC they lock up the one seed. They're not going to allow this game to slip away. I do think it'll, I think they'll probably get up early and then they kind of will coast for the rest of it and Vegas is not going to quit. So but this game will be a KC win.
0: And then the night game which looks to be an ugly one. And if or sorry, AFC South battle for the AFC Championship or the AFC South title, I should say. Titans at the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Titans have lost six straight. Jags, one of the hottest teams in the league here. Uh, Again, they're favored by six-and-a-half. Titans without Tannehill. They will have Derrick Henry. Malik Willis, I believe, will be starting this game.
1: Joshua Dobbs, actually.
0: Is Dobbs starting?
1: Joshua Dobbs is starting.
0: Uh, me and your boy, Tim, were talking about this today. He told me Malik Willis was starting because I thought Dobbs was starting. Um, but
1: I was going to say, from what I've known and what they reported, Joshua Dobbs is starting um, for this Sunday. Uh, I can check here just to make 100% sure. But
0: and he was very recently, like just last week, signed by the Titans. Yeah. Uh, all signs point to smart money being on the Jags. But ignoring all of that, I just feel – I hate, I hate picking against Rabel. I, like, I have this weird feeling Tennessee's going to be lingering in this game, even though they shouldn't be, even though they have a quarterback who signed off the street just barely or off a practice squad, even though the Jaguars have a much more talented team, even though the Jaguars are definitely the hotter team. I still feel like this is going to be closer than it should be, really just because this is essentially a playoff game, which Tennessee's been in a ton of, And the Jags really have not been, aside from Doug Peterson and, you know, some players on their roster. Their core has not been, you know, a huge playoff team here. That being said, I'm going to go with the Jags, 23-17, closer than it should be. They eke it out. They get into the playoffs. But Titans, give them a scare. 23-17, Jacksonville Jaguars. Shouts to Brandon Petty, big Jacksonville Jaguars fan, friend of the show. Go ahead and enjoy the postseason. When you're removed from the Urban Meyer uh, debacle, if you want to call it that, whatever the hell that was, that shit show, when you're removed from that, and they're at the least in a position for the playoffs in a AFC South title.
1: I say Trevor is really, over these last eight weeks, Trevor Lawrence has really showed why he is the number one pick. He was the number one pick in the draft and why he is such a great talent coming into the league. I think that he rides this hot streak that he's been on. I think the Jags win 27 to 19 and solidify the number four seed in the playoffs.
0: Next important game. If you're a Patriots fan, like myself and Keenan jets at the dolphins, this, I don't really understand the dolphins are favored by two points. Uh, They just signed Mike Lennon. Looks like Skylar Thompson will be starting. Bridgewater is not going to be able to play. Obviously Tua is not back. Jets will have Mike White who didn't look great last week against the Seahawks. No, he did not. Uh you know, we'd expect that with who knows how many cracked ribs he has. I'm rolling with the Jets, though. I hate the Jets. You know what, like, you know, I'm starting to hate the Dolphins more than I hate the Jets. Like I've hated the Jets my entire life more um, than any any football team, unless they've had Peyton on them or, you know, obviously the Giants for an era. But I'm starting to have real disdain for the Dolphins, and I don't know what it is. And, by the way, Miami's one of my favorite cities ever. But the Dolphins, I can do without the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I'm not – like, here's the thing. The thing about uh, teams is unless they do something incredibly, like, dirty to you, you really fear the teams that are better. And the Dolphins just seem – the Dolphins bother me just because they seem to have not our number, but they always – the games that we play with the Dolphins just – I always have a fear of losing and the fear of something crazy and stupid happening.
0: Like the Miami miracle. Like the
1: Miami miracle. I will
0: say going into the last game, I was confident weeks in advance the Patriots would win. I was mm -hmm. confident they would, whether it was Tua, I mean it ended up being Bridgewater, and then of course Skyler Thompson. Yeah. But had that been Tua, I was, aside from the one deep ball, I was sure Waddle or Hill were going to have. I was pretty confident going into that game that we'd make it pretty tough for them. Obviously, yeah. like I said, Anthony and Bridgewater, blah, blah, blah. We know how the game played out. But, yeah, I was confident going into that game. But
1: yeah, yeah, I, I felt yeah. we could definitely win that game too. But, yeah, for the Jets, like for the Jets, like, um, not that I like the Jets and I'm like, oh, God, I love the Jets. But for the for a while, it was – Buffalo has just never mattered. Like Buffalo has been kind of like here and there. They've had the they made the playoffs a couple years. of was a year with like – LaShawn McCoy, Tyrod Taylor. Like, they made the playoffs a couple of years, but they were never a bother. The Dolphins always, the trip down's always been tough, but they were just a team that kind of were looming. And then the Jets, when they had Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez, they just ended up, and then the Chad Pennington years, they just upset me. And the Jets has always just had been that rival. Miami is turning into that for me as well, so it's not just you. But- yeah, I mean,
0: peak hate for the Jets was definitely Rex Ryan.
1: Yeah, 100%. And then,
0: like, after he left and everything, even while he was there, like, the last few years he was there, you know, that's when buff fumble happened and everything, and it was just super enjoyable (laughs) to laugh (laughs) at. Still (laughs) is. I still very much enjoy it.
1: (laughs) That game in particular was just funny just because you – we had made wings for that game. We were prepared for that Monday night football game. And then within 59 seconds, the game flipped and we scored 21 points because we recovered a fumble off the kickoff, the butt fumble, and then we scored a touchdown. It was like, wait. Well, you said
0: well, you just said we <laughs> made wings for that game. That's not the story. The story isn't that we made wings. The story is we made wings like an hour and a half after a full Thanksgiving dinner where we did.
1: And we're like, now
0: we need more wings.
1: Need- <laughs> there was no
0: need there was no <laughs> need for us to eat any more food, and we ate like another full meal, and then yeah, like you said, just ended up laughing at the Jets. Yeah, because
1: we were cause we were like, prepared for like a good game, and the game was over by midway through the second quarter because the butt fumble happened, and yeah. But anyways, um, I have the uh, you had the Jets winning. What was the score to that game?
0: That's did right. You? I did not get score. I yeah, the Jets. I have winning. Mike White in the game. They're gonna do us a favor. I don't know if we can win. We need. We need a few things. I mean, we'll get to that We'll get to the Patriots game. But we're going to start here with the Jets winning. I'm going to say 21 17. So damn near the uh, the Titans Jags score, but 21 17, the Jets of New York in Miami.
1: I got this game. I think Tyreek Hill will make the Jets, uh, the Dolphins score 21, but I think the Jets can get to 24. I got it 24 21 Jets.
0: Mike White for Skyler Thompson. Like we all had it at the beginning of the season. Of
1: course, I mean, of course we had it that way.
0: Another interesting game. Browns at Steelers. So listen, if the Steelers, if the Jets win, I want to get this correct. If the Jets win and the Bills win, the Bills win, and the Steelers win, the Steelers get in. Which to me, that's the most likely scenario out of all this. Is that the Steelers get in? They seem to have the easiest path improbably. Like, if you would have... Whatever record I gave them at the beginning of the season, I think I had them maybe one game under 500. I can't remember. But if you would have asked me, like, week four, week five, week six, you know, I would have said the Steelers are a six-win team max, Mm -hmm. is what I would have guessed. The fact that they're in the hunt, not only in the hunt, but control their own destiny here, uh, that's incredible. (laughs) It's always a joke to me. I mean, I've seen it more so the last... 5 years more so where i've seen Steelers fans clamoring for Tomlin to to be fired which is insane to me because
1: he's never had a losing season and he's one he's game away from not having a losing season. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like i mean good coaching in the NFL is hard. Like you'll find we were talking Keenan i think it was last week and i was like hey go through just go through like who the winningest coaches in the NFL are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as specifically said, once you get to the top 100, it's a bunch of coaches you've heard of plenty. And it's just coaches that have had a long tenure. I'll give you an example, like Ron Rivera, like Jason Garrett. They're in like the the top 60 wins of all time. And they're just long- – they're not necessarily great coaches. They're not necessarily bad coaches either. But you would – if you ask your average big football fan – like us, I never would have guessed Jason Garrett's in the top 100. But then you think about it, and you're like, All right, that makes sense. They coached for, ten. you know, he coached for ten years, ten made years. To like
1: three playoffs, and like the Cowboys were known for being mediocre, which is eight and eight, which is still eight wins. <laughs> um, and then uh, and a couple you of get, years sprinkled in there. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And you take two coaches in particular in the AFC South or sorry, AFC North, and that's Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin, who give you success year after year after year after year unless they are given a team that's not going to give them success the only team harbaugh has been under 500 with i believe is the year before they got lamar when they went 5 and 11 with flack on the downside there might be one other year in there but other than that like it was probably near 500 or at 500 tomlin like you said never been under 500 did he? Did they go under by one game last year, or were they nine and eight last year? No, I
1: think they went nine. I think they ended up pulling up to nine and eight last year because I believe that's like his streak is still alive for being, um, to keeping his streak alive for not going to be under five hundred.
0: That's crazy, and that's again, like I said, great coaching is hard to come by. Uh, if Tomlin were to get fired by the Steelers, he'd be unemployed for a day. Much like Andy Reid. Like Andy Reid's the other one who comes to mind that's a perennial winner. He had a couple down years in Philly. And guess what? Oh yeah.
1: In? Last year they went nine, seven, and one and they lost to the Chiefs in the wild card. That's right.
0: So it was still above five hundred.
1: So, yeah, no, they're above five hundred. I was just trying to remember what happened last season. Yeah, they went nine, seven, and one and they lost to the Chiefs in the wild card.
0: That's right. That's right. But uh yeah, all that just a testament to Mike Tomlin's coaching because I mean, you know, we always say how blessed we are with Belichick, which is true aside from, uh, you know, one certain offensive coordinator hiring. But, you know, if you have a Mike Tomlin, if you have a John Harbaugh. Andy Reid. And Andy Reid. Uh, you know, if the team's lucky enough, a Pete Carroll. I'll throw Pete Carroll in there. Yeah. and if
1: I'll start to start Kyle Shanahan's name in there, too. He's been great since he's been in San Fran. Shanahan,
0: too. Shanahan's nice. McVay's a great coach. Uh, Sean McDermott, even. But if you have one of these guys, and Dable looks to be one of these guys in the Matt, Giants. Matt LaFleur has been Dable. great. Right? True. Sure. a great offensive coach. And I would throw a guy who might, who's rumored to be back into the uh, NFL coaching ring. And that's Jim Harbaugh. If one of these teams is lucky to have Jim Harbaugh on their squad. Uh, they've got one right there. You're good with either Harbaugh, for sure. They come from a, you know, they're not quite the Manning lineage, but all three. Their father and those two. All three successful coaches. Yeah. So, uh, shit, we just buried the lead here. Steelers at Browns at Steelers games in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's favored by two and a half points. I begrudgingly have the Steelers winning. By the way, Pickett looks a little Big Ben light-ish to me. You know what I mean? He's good. He's mobile. He's big. He can uh, he can scramble a little bit. Just light Ben Roethlisberger stuff right there, like young Ben Roethlisberger shit. Yep, but. I have no clue what to do with this game, but I'm going to have the Steelers winning. Let's say 18-17 to 17 in an ugly game like they've all been for the Cleveland Browns.
1: I got a 20-18 to pit.
0: Next, this is a completely irrelevant game. Texans at the Colts. Colts are favored by 2.5. I'm picking the Texans to win just because and we'll say 25-18. to 18. Another 18-point 18 game, that
1: so 20, you have Houston 25 to 18. I've got Indy winning this game. I've got Indy winning this game 23 to 20. I think Houston's not going to throw it, but they're going to lose it for Bryce Young. Cuz if they if they win and the Bears lose, I think the Bears get the number 1 pick, which is kind of wild. Mm.
0: Well, I mean they'd still probably Get a, be able to choose Bryce Young at number two, wouldn't they? Would the Bears get number one?
1: Yeah, I mean, you would think. You would think the Bears, possibly they might trade it out. They might trade down because they do have fields. They might snag maybe someone like Will Anderson because they need defensive players, and he's going to be a freak. Um, yeah, no, there's definitely options that they can do if they have the number one, but it it would be good for, It would be good for them if Houston won and they lost and they got the number one pick.
0: Also an irrelevant game because Tampa's got their division locked up. Tampa at the Falcons. Falcons are a four and a half point favorite. You could tell me uh, any outcome here. Who's the who's the Bucks backup quarterback, by the way?
1: Oh man, Blaine Gabbert. I wanna say. Wow.
0: That's Gab- Yabba
1: Dabba Gabbert.
0: That is something. Uh I would assume Brady's gonna at least take snaps for the entire first half. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes snaps three quarters of the game
1: we know Tom uh, actually, he doesn't sit he'll play and then he'll sit mid-game but he doesn't like just he won't sit out this game he's already said he's playing
0: I'm actually gonna roll with the Bucs here where if there was actual implications I'd probably take the Falcons in this game honestly but I'm gonna roll with the Bucks. we'll say I mean they're not a high scoring team we'll say 24-20 Buccaneers
1: I think they play a good first half. Hold on to the second half. I've got Tampa Bay winning this game twenty-five to nineteen.
0: Another irrelevant game. Panthers at the Saints. A uh, bit rivalry. Three and a half point favorite are the Saints. You could sell me on either team winning this game. Uh, the Saints are a, a hell of a weird team because they probably should be in the mix really uh and you can go back to that tampa loss that they had that really threw all this off i mean they beat the eagles last week Mintry looks like shit panthers are a halfway decent team they really are weird team to figure out they're gonna be it's they're gonna have an interesting offseason we'll yes. just say that uh whatever with this game really i'm I'm always in this 24-20 zone, but I'm going to say 24-23. Give me the Panthers. Give me the Panthers 24-23. to
1: I'm going to take the Saints. They're coming off a win. They're at home. I've got the Saints winning this game in a 21-18 to game.
0: That's a swing game right there. All right, Patriots at bills. Patriots weirdly playing well even on offense. Since the uh, since the Bengals game, really. Or even if you want to say the second half of the Bengals game on. Really since the Raiders game, they've been playing okay on offense. Yeah. Which pain, pains me to say. But uh, seven-point favorite the Bills are at home. I, I have no clue. I have no clue. I would definitely lean the Bills, but I do think the Patriots are going to give them a good game. I do. This Patriots defense still playing well. Uh Kyle Duggar. I say this halfway facetiously looks like a first ballot Hall of Famer. I say that I say that with uh with hyperbole, but at the same time, like that dude is a stud and he's the only player in the league with three defensive touchdowns this year. Uh great secondary. Yeah, hopefully we get Marcus Jones back. I don't know what his status is. But gotta roll with the Bills. They're the better team. I do think it'll be closer. I do think it'll be somewhat low scoring. So we'll say 25 to 20 Buffalo bills. Your phone's going off over there.
1: Uh, there was only one thing and I was tur- it turned it off, but I guess it messed. Up. I didn't fully turn it off and whatever. Well, it's off now. Jeez. Um, yeah, no, I have Buffalo. I have Buffalo in this game. Unfortunately, uh, in buffalo i think that team is going to be playing inspired football i understand they've had a, such a traumatic kind of last few days too so it's going to be interesting this to see it will be for demar Hamlin. this for game sure. this game right here i mean the rest of this playoff run will be for him kind of like the last thing i can remember that was kind of like that was when louisville won it all after what happened with kevin ware obviously not the same situation at all but another horrific injury that happened to one of their one of their players they kind of play for them it happens uh Red I got, so- boston
0: marathon season two yep
1: yep uh 30 to 20 i got buffalo winning this game by 10 man i I think it'll be closer in the beginning. I just think at the end, Buffalo's going to kind of just show why they're the better team. And Josh Allen, as unfortunate as it is, has really done well against us for his career pretty much since he's had gotten Stephon Diggs.
0: I think it will be quietly a close game. That's all I can really say. I don't think it's a blowout.
1: I don't think it's a blowout I either.
0: I don't think the Pats get it done. And I, again, I say this... At least the last three weeks, I feel terrible for Matt because he started to play well at the complete wrong time. And I think this team, I just think this could have been easily a ball control team. And Patricia just, you know, the runs he would design for Dame and Ramondre, especially in the second half of the year, were so just average that it did not allow any creativity or any you know, second and threes, third and threes for Mac up until these last few weeks because that's what Bailey Zappi had to deal with a lot was short yardage, you know, not put too much thought into this situations, whereas Macs get a lot of third and sevens, third and eights, third and thirteens, third and fifteens. Yeah. Just a lot of garbage situations for him. So, uh, yeah, but Patriots do have a path, what? If they lose, like we expect them to.
1: If everybody loses, well if, they have... They got
0: to need the Dolphins and Steelers to lose. So, really... I mean, I expect the Dolphins to lose, but that Steelers won, mm-hmm. which is a lot to ask of the Browns. And by the way, I don't know if you saw this. I saw a glimpse of it. doesn't look like there's a lot of great locker room stuff over there in Cleveland. Clowney said he's not going to be back because uh, he's not one of, quote-unquote, Cleveland's guys. So, uh, I don't know. It looks like some uh, not great chemistry over there in Cleveland. So, who knows? I'm, I think Pittsburgh does get that last spot, unfortunately. But I would love a Patriots win.
1: I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I would love, obviously we'd love a Patriots win, but even if the Patriots lose and back their way into the playoffs, I'm still happy with that too. They honestly, yeah. if they lose and may back their way into the playoffs, it will just be this same game next week.
0: That's oh shit! It would be. That's right because the, the Chiefs would because the
1: Chiefs would have the one seed. The Bengals would then have to have the three seed. And if the Buff and the Bills beat the Patriots, and we all back in, they would be the seven. Buffalo would be the two. So it'd be legitimately this exact same game one week from now in Buffalo. The same game. So
0: I would much rather see the Bengals than the Bills personally.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, because I on I mean, coming down to it, I think when it comes to the AFC, it's about matchups. Like I think the Bengals match I th- if the Chiefs and Bills played, I would take the Chiefs. Bengals and bills played i don't know that we'd have well, obviously we were going to see it but we didn't end up seeing it and then if the Bengals Bengals played the Chiefs, i'm leaning the Bengals, obviously from what we've seen so it's kind of just how it matches we played well the second half against the Bengals, show we can kind of play with them there uh so and then buffalo just happens to have our number right now but at the same time seeing them three times in a year i might honestly choose buffalo I mean, I mean, that's, that's I'm over. It is hard
0: to be. It is hard to be in division yeah. three times three, in a row.
1: Three times in a row, especially since we just saw them. Like, you see them the week prior and then play them again in the same building, the same spot. Pick up things from that game. I I almost wouldn't mind seeing. In the situation is now, I wouldn't mind seeing Buffalo over Cincinnati. But in most situations, I do I can't agree with you. Just the situation really that is right here.
0: If you take out the Demar Hamlin situation, I think this would already be a weird game, just with how the Pats are playing, and just like you said, with the possibility of there being a Pats Bills uh, wild card weekend game. Yeah. Uh, but now that you add that the Bills will be in playing inspired football. All bets are kind of off because that really is a thing in sports. I don't care what anybody says; it really is a thing.
1: One uh, or two things happens. You either play, either the emotions get to you and your team falls flat, or you play completely inspired and your team goes off. Like, it's, oh, and it's happened throughout sports. I don't. It's just some like sixth level thing that you can't explain. It's just it, you see it. You've seen it throughout time.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, saying what you said about matchups, I mean, if you gave me any one of the bills, bills, chiefs, bangles, any one of those three matchups rearranged, uh, I think it really is picking straws with them. Uh, you almost got to go with a hotter team to me. Uh, I think on a given day, I would take the chiefs over everybody, but you know, the bills have a lot of firepower. And even though I've said this, you know, they haven't played the best the second half, but they're still winning games, you know, uh, that's why it was really interesting to see what it would have happened that Monday night, and of course, you know, mm. we'll never know. But
1: Yeah, we might know anyway, soon. Couple wait, we, we, I mean, the we Bengals might. win and the Bills win, which I think would be pretty likely. Actually, that would kind of be wild. If the Bengals win this weekend and the Bills win this weekend, it's just the same games next week because it'll be the Jags yeah. and Chargers, and then it'll be – Bengals, Ravens in Cincy again, and then it'll be New England, Buffalo, possibly in Buffalo again. That's weird. That'll have the same game back to back weekends.
0: Hold that thought on uh, Ravens, Bengals. Let's get to uh, next game. Ravens, sorry, Vikings. I was looking at it there. Vikings at Bears. Vikings are a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, the Bears are starting Nathan Peterman a.k.a. the Peter Man. uh, 31-13 Vikings. That's all I got to say about this game. This game does matter to the Vikings. Obviously, it does not matter one bit to the Bears. Uh,
1: 35-10 Vikings. Don't need to say more.
0: So now, Ravens at Bengals. Bengals are a a 7.5-point favorite. This game will likely feature... Joe Burrow versus Tyler Huntley at the quarterback position. All right, I expect this to be low scoring. I expect the Bengals to win this game. Uh, and who knows? Maybe they have a hangover the other way where they haven't recovered. I mean, you know, let's get that out of the way, too. For all the players on the field, um, for the Bengals and Bills game on Monday night, that's a traumatizing event.
1: 100%. Not just a,
0: not just a scary event, a truly traumatizing event. And you saw that in the reactions. So, couple of that with how is coaching. Again, I do think the Bengals win, but I wouldn't be surprised if we do see some sort of drawback from the game on their part.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that being said, I'm going to go 21-17. I'm going to go very low scoring here. Bengals over the, the Ravens, 21-17. And as you mentioned, they could play each other the very next week. The one difference there would be that they probably get Lamar Jackson back. So that is something to look out for. I really thought Lamar would be back one of these last two games, either last week or this week. He hasn't practiced all week. Maybe he comes back to practice tomorrow, but I doubt it. Uh, And they say they expect him to be back for the playoffs. So it looks, again, it looks like it'll be Huntley on Sunday. And uh, that's really interesting to have your star quarterback. He'll be missing, what, the last four weeks?
1: Uh, five yeah, he's missed. Uh, they're three and two without him right now. So he's missed five. Wow. So this will be six. So
0: a month and a half, basically. And then damn near full, a full two months going into next next week. Yeah. So he'll be, yes, he'll be fresh. Will he have some rust? We'll see. But that's really interesting, especially if that is the matchup. In fact, if it is Ravens Bengals next week and you're going from Huntley. To Lamar. When did the Ravens and Bengals play last? When was their first match? They
1: played the 9th of October. I'm looking at it now. So, like so that was five. with Lamar. Yeah, that was with Lamar. Uh, it was a Sunday night game. I ended up going out with friends watching that because I have a Ravens fan. Uh, the Bengals went down and scored a touchdown late, and then the uh, Ravens went down and they kicked that's a game-winning field goal, field. I believe. That's that's right. That was a pretty good game. I yeah. do remember
0: that. Uh, yeah, Bengals twenty one seventeen for me, and supremely interested if the Bengals or sorry if the Ravens at all can play spoiler to any one of these top three teams here in the postseason because they definitely got the pedigree, they got the coach, they got a, a superstar in Lamar. So yeah, sky's really the limit with mm-hmm. them. They're not playing great football, but they're, they're not playing bad football either. They you know they don't have the personnel as the other three teams. But hey, they got a shot any given Sunday in the postseason with that coach and that quarterback.
1: For sure, uh, I've got Cincy twenty-seven to twenty. Um, semi, uh, yeah, it would have been semi-interesting actually if the Ravens had a shot at the division because then honestly, really for the Bengals, you would never want this. You'd never want to go back on the road again. But honestly, for the Bengals, it might be a better road. You'd go to Jacksonville instead of having to see Baltimore probably. Then you would go instead of going to Buffalo, you go to Kansas City where you've already won last year. So you could almost argue try to argue it was a better road, but at the same time you'd want to still at least a home playoff game and you never know what's going to happen afterwards. So. But 27-20 Cincinnati, we can move on to the next game.
0: All right. Giants at Eagles. Giants look to be starting everybody or sorry, resting everybody against the Eagles. Hurts should be back for this game. Really weird game that the Eagles have something to play for and the Giants don't as a lower seat. Yeah, and they'll be the ones resting because I think everybody would have thought Philly would have been the one resting their yeah. players. But uh, Eagles should win this game. I feel like it'll be
1: decently competitive.
0: Uh I think the Eagles lock it up though. We'll give a score of twenty-eight to seventeen. I
1: 17. I got Philly in this game. It's gonna be a twenty nine to sixteen match. Uh what's the spread for this one? Fourteen. Fourteen is what I thought. All right. Yeah, I I don't see why the Giants win this game. They're locked in at the sixth seed. Hopefully, so for, hopefully up, for them, they uh, see Minnesota, not San Fran.
0: Yeah, I would really like that uh, that first round matchup of Vikings Giants
1: because that game
0: could go either way. We saw it was a great matchup on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. You know, it ended up being a really great game. Yep. But Vikings, Vikings, the weirdest team without a doubt of the season, to where they can play up to their competition, they can play down, or you know, they can get blown out, or they can you know have an all time comeback. We just never know. So they get the Giants that first round. You could completely sell me on them winning by two touchdowns. You could completely sell me on them fighting for their life. You could completely sell me on the Giants upsetting them. Either one of those three would be an outcome with the Giants as far as the Vikings go. So I'm fascinated by that matchup. If that does end up being the uh, the 3-6. Next game we got, I mentioned this earlier, it's a little bit of a mini rivalry now with all the Seahawks pedigree on the Rams side. But Rams at the Seahawks. Seahawks are a six-point favorite seahawks one of the few teams that truly 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 have the home field advantage i'm rolling with the seahawks which would effectively knock the lions out so i'm in a way part of me would want to see the seahawks in the playoffs but and a lot of me wants to see that lions packers game truly matter now if the seahawks win this game i still think the lions are gonna Really try to win that game. You oh, know, yeah. I don't Dan see-
1: Campbell's already kind of made it clear that that's what they're planning on.
0: Because, uh, you know, Lions Packers, storied history there. But again, I'm rolling with the Seahawks 24 16. Seahawks are winning. And then praying for a Lions win is what the Seahawks are doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think the Rams are good enough with the Seahawks playing hungry. I've got the I've got the Seahawks winning this game in a 25-23 to 23 win.
0: Weird divisional game here. Chargers have something to play for. Uh, by the way, I gave you the spread, right? Seahawks by six in the yeah. last game? Yes, you did. All right, so this one. Broncos are favored by two and a half. Broncos obviously fired Nathaniel Hackett, so they got new blood in there for you know the remaining two games. Broncos showed some life last week. They're favored in this game. I could see them absolutely showing life again. Divisional matchup. They're just trying to close well after (laughs) an embarrassing season would be an understatement. Uh, You could completely sell me on the Broncos winning this game. I do think this game will be competitive. I am going to go with the underdog here, though, Chargers, because they are, ironically, playing some of their best football here. Uh, 24 23 one point game. Let's say 25 24, actually, because I've already got a 24-23 game. 25-24 charges over the Broncos.
1: I've got the Chargers winning this game. This game's a huge question mark next to it for me because if the Ravens lose, they're the one o'clock game. The Chargers will know going into the game if they need to play people. So like mm. I could see so that's a they're kind of at like a little bit of an advantage. If the Ravens lose, you said. If the Ravens lose, then the Chargers are stuck at the five seed. They even if let they Let me flip.
0: Lo- let me flip on the spot. Then let me give this game to the Broncos.
1: Okay. Um. Other than say yes, yeah, so because if same if, score too. Same score. Same score. If the Ravens win, then the Chargers have something to play for because they will move. They'll want to stay at that five, so they see Jacksonville in the first round rather than seeing either the Bengals. They other than seeing the Bengals, something like someone like that. So that's the thing with them. That's what's hard about this game for me. I think since he's going to win, which then means that the Chargers don't have to play anybody, so I would see Herbert playing, but I don't see like Keenan Allen maybe playing this game. Um <sighs>
0: Give me 2517. That's my final score. 2517 Broncos.
1: 2517 Broncos. I am going to say the Chargers are still going to win this game. 27 to 24. I am not 100% confident in that, but 27-24, I've got the Chargers pulling it out still.
0: All right, next we got the Cardinals at the Niners. Niners are a 14-point favorite. This game means nothing to the Cardinals. Doesn't really mean much to the Niners. I think they can snag the two, right? They can snag
1: the one, actually. So there are three teams in line for the one. It's the Cowboys somehow, the 49ers, and the Eagles. If the Eagles were to lose and the 49ers were to win, they have the one. If the Eagles and 49ers lose and the Cowboys win, they have the one, and the Eagles control their own destiny.
0: I would bet money that it's the Eagles with the one seed. Yeah, I mean, I don't
1: think that. If the Giants had something to play for, then this game would be so much more interesting because then the Giants, they say if the Giants needed to play to get in, then that game would be closer. But yeah, with it not, I think they would be the one. So they 49ers are, The 49ers are pretty much just playing to keep the two and not move down to the 3.
0: Let's say 31-15 Niners. 31 to 15.
1: I got mine a little bit lower scoring. I've got this in like a 26 to 17 Niners victory. And what was that spread again? You said it. I just didn't catch it.
0: Two touchdowns, 14.
1: Yep. All
0: right. Thank you. Uh, Cowboys at Commanders. Very weird game because uh, it seemed once upon a time that the Commanders would have something to play for. They do not. Ron Revere didn't know that. Ron Revere did not know that after his game. was <laughs> just hilarious. Uh, really weird. And then he throws in Carson Wentz last week, and then Wentz plays terrible. I'm surprised he didn't at least bench him in the second half or, you know, when it started to go bad. But, hey, Cowboys, they, they're they just definitely looking for a win because they can kind of slide. So I think this is kind of a half. It's going to be a weird game. It really is. But I'm going to say Cowboys 27-17. to 17.
1: I think Dallas is going to be playing this game like they can get the one seed because Philly and San Fran are all playing at the same time. So it's not like they'll know what's going on going into the game. I do think they'll win this game. I got it about thirty to, I go thirty to twenty.
0: Philly's got the early game.
1: Do I thought I thought Philly played at four now, but I could be wrong.
0: No, Philly plays at one, and then you're right about the Niners. Niners. Is and they, I know. Was...
1: I knew the Niners. That I thought Philly played at um, four, but anyways, go on.
0: Yeah, no, I think think that'll be a weird game because it should be a you know, a hard-knock division rival game. Yeah. But I don't think the Commanders will uh, give their best. And if it's Wentz, yeah, I think, you know, I think the Cowboys' defense will get to them, and the Cowboys will kind of be able to coast that game, I think, or at least in the second half. But here's your game of the weekend, likely, unless you consider it Titans-Jags. But this is probably your game of the weekend, which is Lions at the Packers. Packers are a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The Packers' body language has completely changed. Uh, I dubbed Rodgers washed the last time these two teams played because, boy, did he look terrible. Uh, but his body language and that whole team's body language. I mean, you could see it the last game when he ran in for that touchdown. That was, like, was like Aaron Rodgers circa 2013 or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. And then the way that crowd was, I mean, Lambo always brings it. But, man, I, let me say this if the packers win this game and they ends up being them versus the niners first round even though i would have the i mean the niners probably would be favored of course they'd be at home but man purdy versus rodgers and that's your first matchup and rodgers and the packers are kind of on a hot streak that's not the team i'd want to face from the niners it's really not uh i'm rolling with the packers Despite all the shit I've talked about Aaron Rodgers, despite that it looks like the Lions had their number last game, despite that the Lions are probably the hotter team, despite you know the Panthers' loss they had two weeks ago, I don't think you want to face Aaron Rodgers in a winner-take-all situation. And that's even if the Seahawks win and the Lions have nothing to play for but pride. I think it'll be very hard to beat Aaron Rodgers in this spot. I do. So I think the Packers get in and probably, which I did not think was going to happen three weeks ago. Certainly not eight weeks ago, but let alone three weeks ago. I think we get a good one. I think it's a field goal game, 27 to 25. 25 seems to be my number because I think I've got games, with a final score of 25 and more games than any week this year. So 27, 25, Green Bay Packers, and they go to the playoffs.
1: you got three other games that have 25 in it. I've got I've got Green Bay 28-23. I I have Seattle winning. I hope they lose personally because I would love for this game to be for the playoffs just to add a little bit more to it.
0: I'm somewhat rooting for that.
1: So, like, I mean, I like the Seahawks, too, and I, um, so whatever, if they win, that's fine, but I would like them to lose just so it could be Detroit wins there and Green Bay wins there, and it adds a little bit more even incentive into this game for Detroit. But, yeah, I have Green Bay. Honestly, if this game was at home for Detroit, I might lean Detroit. But with this being in Lambeau, I just think Rodgers is going to be a little bit too much.
0: And that's even if the Seahawks lose.
1: Yeah. Regardless, I have them. I have a uh, Green Bay winning this game, so I have a chance to go up on you in wins with the picks that we have. And the game that it comes down to is Carolina, New Orleans, Indy, Houston, and Denver Chargers are the wow. three the three real important games. For to choose if I get the better record for the regular season or you do.
0: I gotta say I'm not confident about those games, but I'm, you
1: know, <laughs> three games I'm not confident in either. All the other Going games down. I was pretty confident in.
0: Going down with the ship.
1: Yes, yes. So, are you ready to get into this music stuff now, Kyle?
0: I am. Yeah. So, like, I really just wanted to. So we didn't really get into like our favorite projects we alluded to them we coasted them on our socials but we really did not talk about them exclusively you know yeah uh so there's some projects in particular let me first highlight on my favorite albums one of my the last album i put down was Division working on my karma. Why that is relevant is because when that album, the night it was dropping, I believe, or maybe the week before, uh, and it was around the time, actually, it was probably a few weeks before when he when they dropped If I Get Caught. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a big fan of the song. And I was saying how like, Division's got this real big cult following and a good following in general in r and and how I just didn't see it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of acts who maybe, like, if I don't get behind them, I can still sit there and say, okay, I can see why such and such might like them. Or I can see why they have a following. Maybe I like their songs here and there. But in general, I don't. With Division, I just couldn't see it. I'm like, I just don't get it. With his vo- Like, his voice just doesn't match the beats they pick or the vibes they pick. Like, I just could not see it. Uh, this album was great like this album sonically fit everything a that i like but it definitely fit you know the lead singer division for sure this is a great album and it's been it's funny that it was added when it was because honestly keenan if you would have asked me if we did this two weeks ago like before christmas even it probably wouldn't have made it yeah and uh i'd heard a couple songs prior like i'd heard a couple songs when they dropped and i really enjoyed them like i really did but I hadn't really listened to the album in total like that. And sure enough, these last couple of weeks started popping up on my R&B playlist more. And I heard pretty much the whole project. You know, I didn't really listen to it in full, but I heard the whole entire project here and there. And I was like, damn, you know what? This is probably one of the better R&B albums of the whole entire year. And I, You know, that and Glass were my two R&B albums that made the entire list, really, for my album. So... Yeah, I mean, usually I think you'd find more R&B projects on there. So that's one I wanted to highlight for me was Division's album, especially mm-hmm. how much I was like, you know what, I don't really see it with Division and you know their fan base and this and that. But yeah, no, no, that's a dope album for sure.
1: Um, a couple that I wanted to highlight for my favorite albums, um, obviously, I talked about Joey Badass 2000. Obviously, we talked about Kendrick Missing around the big steppers. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I definitely wanted to highlight was, uh, Pink Sweat. He had a EP, seven song EP, Pink Moon. Uh, it has Midnight River with um, with Black on Midnight River. He has a real thing with uh Tori Kelly. That's another good one. I believe he has a song with Blast on there as well. So it's like a nice seven song. Little project that he has there that I really liked that the happened came out around Mayish of this year, so I thought that was really good. I just know that Pink Sweat's not an artist that you hear too too much from from mainstream. If I'm correct, I don't know if he's bigger than I think he is. I don't know if you would know probably more than I would how big he would he is currently.
0: I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure in R&B circles, I know he's like in the. Uh, he's very much. I, mean, I could be completely wrong about this but he seems to be in well like Khalid would be more mainstream but he seems to be in that vibe of Khalid and uh, shit I don't know yeah my mind's not working great here at midnight but like he seems to be in that Khalid kind of the, uh, the sad boy R&B kind of vibe you know what I yep. mean Bavaria, uh, like a cappella and you know, occasionally acoustic. I like a lot of Pink Sweat's words from what I hear of them. You know what I mean? I don't go out of my way to listen to them per mm-hmm. se. But when I do hear them, I'm like, shit, that's that's pretty dope. And I think actually one of the songs off this project I do remember liking, you know what I mean, and throwing it in my library. So
1: Yeah, uh let's say as uh the for me is a song with a blast. But so that was one that I wanted to highlight, and there's two for albums that I really actually like. Put highlight on, and the other one was Absol Herbert because I'm a huge Absol fan. Been a huge Absol fan for a while, and mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about his album when we talked about the SZA album that dropped as well. And I just wanted to give more. I wanted to give more, uh, basically more, put more words on it, just because I think how great the album is. He has mm-hmm. he has more of a. He went for more of a mainstream sound on this. By that, he wanted something with radio play. I'll watch his uh, interview or him on the Joe Budden podcast. It was like 45 minutes. How he was looking for actually radio hits because he feels like he's the king of the underground rap, which I think he is pre- one of the best rappers in in hip-hop if you're just going off a pure lyrical standpoint. In my opinion, if you're going just off lyrical rapping, he's... The best rapper in TDE, I think Kendrick's a best. Kendrick's the best song maker, and Kendrick overall has the best rapper. But if you're just gonna go a song with lyricism, I would pick Absol. I hmm. think um, as you can agree or disagree with that. I personally would pick Absol if you're just going lyricism. I like he has a lot of songs on here that I believe can get um, some play. Hollandaise, FOMF is another one that's good as well. For uh, that one. Other than that one, I like a lot. Um, Go off with Russ and Big Sean's another song that I like a lot too. Uh, but he has a little bit of everything. He has still his like lyrical rap songs that you're gonna hear on there. He has uh, introspective songs. He's always had those ones where he dives deep into his life. But then he kind of tried to put a little bit more of a everyday mainstream twist on some of this music as well but he still stayed true to who he is so I just wanted to shout uh, out Absol Herbert if you haven't heard it go listen
0: yeah from what I've heard of the album which isn't a lot but I've heard some it doesn't sound as like it sounds like an Absol album it doesn't sound like a mainstream album so like what he, when he said oh I'm going for a mainstream success I was kind of expecting more of a maybe not a pop sound but more of a I don't know, less of an underground sound, I guess. Yeah. I feel like he still kind of stayed true to his hazy-ish sound. You know what I mean? Yep. Because he definitely makes music for weed smokers, I believe, you know? So, I don't know. I feel like he stayed true to that lane. It's not like, say, Wiz Khalifa, who might have at one point made songs for weed smokers, who went completely pop at one point. You know what I mean? Completely mainstream. I didn't get that bad from it at all, you know? Um but from what I've heard, it sounds like a good album. What is that Pink Sweats project
1: again? Pink Moon.
0: That's weird. I don't think Spotify has it, actually.
1: Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a little... Se- it's seven Song. Oh, no, I do that. But it's... I like it. I definitely like it.
0: Sabrina Claudio, Blast. All right, I'm downloading this right now. I did have that. I had Midnight River in my uh, in mm. my catalog,
1: so. Yeah, I'll mid- uh, say Midnight River, I like a lot. That's one of my favorites on that. up here hold on you're
0: good all right so the other album i wanted to highlight it's actually not on that list but you know i got some blowback kind of they were like kyle lies in this on the list how did you not name this album it is one of the better projects of the year. And let me just say this. I mean, I kind of alluded to it throughout the year, how I wasn't really in a music mood during some points of the year or I'd be heavy in a podcast or, you know, maybe I was listening to music, but maybe it was throwbacks and really not what was releasing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, let me point out, we talked about this at one point during the year. Brent Faye's album, that's one album I was really looking forward to. Yeah. right. I loved his last project, Fuck the World. It was an ep came out like right at the start of 2020 excuse me and uh you know this project did not do it for me like i've heard songs here and there since but i've never since the day it came out i did not go back to that project like i never was like all right let me give it another listen to see i just just didn't do it for me and i've heard songs since then here and there like i said And yeah, there are good songs and maybe they do hit differently, especially now that I don't have certain expectations. But project for project, no, it's not fuck the world at all to me, right? Uh, This album that I'm about to talk about, it came out, I believe, in September. It feels like it came out in September. I'm going to check to verify that. It came out in October, actually. So it came out mid-October. One of the biggest rappers in the game. And when it came out, it got a lot of buzz, not as much buzz prior as you'd expect, and really not even a ton of buzz when it came out. I mean, it did because he's a mainstream artist, but I feel like the staying power was not there. Whatever. Point being, when this album dropped on October 14th, I was whatever about it. And I listened to it, could hear that it was a quality album, could hear that there was great rapping on it. And I did not listen to it nearly as much as his prior album up until these last couple of weeks where I'm really hearing more here and there in my, you know, variety of playlists. And that's the Lil Baby's album. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, everything about it, he's rapping his ass off on it. There's good beats. They're all beats you'd expect Lil Baby to be on. And even still, it just, even when I'm listening to it now, by the way, album's called It's Only Me. Even when I'm listening to it now, it's not doing a. T- it's like, kind of like what I said about Pusha T. It's exactly what I expected. Now Pusha's beats on his album are like fucking insane. You know what I mean? It's half Kanye, half Pharrell, half Neptune beats. You know what I mean? So he's got twelve out of ten quality beats on his album. Yeah. No complaints for me about Pusha's album. There's no complaints for me about Lil Baby's album, but uh, that shit just did not hit the same for me. At least in the way of anticipation, right? Mm -hmm. Just the project itself, it does sound like a great project. So that's more, so to say, it was a weird music year for me. That is not an indictment or a diss to Lil Baby at all. That's not to say, like, oh, he hasn't grown. uh, His music style hasn't grown. He's not evolving. It's not to say any of that because he's still very early in his career. He's still sharp as a rapper. And you can tell that he's getting sharper. Like, that dude can rap rap and you know i'm old enough to remember a time where that wasn't the case as a replication for atlanta and you know you can say little baby raps as well as anybody in the game especially if you're talking like mainstream mainstream rappers so you know all that to say if you haven't checked this album out definitely go and check it out i mean you know the way we consume music is so much different than 10 20 years ago certainly 20 years ago but i mean everything's digital now everything is you know if you haven't listened to it within the first two weeks it's out it's an old album you know what i mean uh but you know like i said for me i'm just now catching this baby album it's just now at a point where i'm like okay i really do want to listen to rap every day kind of thing we're at clearly october 15th October 14th, that weekend, I was not there. Like, I would have loved to listen to Little Baby that weekend, but forever, for whatever reason, I don't know if I was in NFL mode. I don't know if I was heavy into like an MMA podcast or NFL. I don't know what it was, but I was like, nah, I'm not listening to it this weekend. And I had people hitting me like, yo, listen to this baby album. Shit is crazy. And I gave it a few listens and I heard exactly why they thought the shit was nice. And I just never went back to it up until now, you know, the first week of January. So, yeah, that's more so to say how weird my year of music was than to say how not great this baby album was, because it is a great album. So and yeah, it's, just when, a weird year.
1: it's when you get to think, like, I always felt, I know, obviously, I kind of talked about this before, about how I consume music's a little bit different now than it was before. I always felt as if I had to be the first one for a while in my life. Like, I was like, oh, I had to know, like, I needed to be the guy that found this before whoever found this. I don't know why that was in my phase in life when I was, like, 17. Now I just seem to find things when I find them. So someone like me could roll upon, uh, let me look at my album, like, the Blast album. I didn't listen to that when it came out. I listened to it, like... It started to become something for me that I heavily listened to maybe two months ago. And I think it came out within like the mid part of this year.
0: If yeah, I remember. it came out in the spring.
1: Yeah, it came out in the spring. I didn't start listening to it till October. And I had it. I just didn't, just didn't listen to it. Then one song came on and I was like, oh, okay. And then I just started just listening to it more and more. And then it became something that I really loved to listen to and it became one of my favorite albums of the year. So it's just when, like how I listen to albums now is just completely different. It's not about having to consume it in that exact timetable. That's why I normally now before I if I didn't like an album within like the first month or I didn't listen to it, I would delete it. I normally just keep albums now because I feel like at some random point I'm going to double back to that album. And I'll find my way into actually listening to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of my, uh, (laughs) one of the things I'm guilty of is, and this is true for like older albums. I'll like an album knowing it'll come up on a playlist Mm -hmm. that I'll fucking, I'll never listen to the album actually. And I'll be like, oh, I kind of want to listen to this. And what ends up happening is I'll hear like three or four songs from the album, and then if I do like it based on that, then I probably will like the album but like my my library is probably way too oversaturated with albums, like yeah. I just added that think sweats shit to my uh to my library. I guarantee you I don't listen to that in full, but it'll definitely come up on my playlist <laughs> yeah, at, on, uh,
1: you'll see it at some point
0: you know, and it's only what like seven tracks, and I'll probably hear four of them. And then, uh, you know, eventually I'll listen to the other three. But that's usually how it goes. But no, I mean, that's the main difference, I would say, from 2021 to 2022 for me is I would try to hear every artist I wanted to hear, I would make a point to listen to it you know, that Friday when it dropped here, you know, Thursday night into Friday. And I did that for the most part on the releases I wanted to hear, like the Dreamville Project, I listened to that Friday. Uh, But... You know, less of a concerted effort at the end of the year. Like same thing with SZA. I listened to it, but I never really went back to it like I wanted to, and still happy. Maybe that's more so because of the length of the album. But I don't know. I think usually, like if you <laughs> if you simulated my life, like you can simulate a season on like 2K or Madden. <laughs> if you simulated my life, like just a year of it, and you had a little baby release and a SZA release, you'd say, oh. Kyle's definitely listening to that that Friday morning. You know what I mean? And yeah. that just wasn't the case with Lil Baby. It was the case with SZA, but I, I've, you've, given, you've heard my light opinions on it, but I couldn't give you a full opinion on that SZA project because I just haven't dove into it like I thought I would. You know what I mean? Control was you know, one of the best albums that came out that year, one of my most listened to albums of that year. It was right?
1: actually my favorite album that came out that year, and that was the same year as Damn. Which is weird right? that uh so that was there and then Sizza fought this time around again with Kendrick as of it wanted to be my second or third favorite album of the year.
0: For sure. Yeah. And uh you know, if we want to get into into female artists right here, like people know how I feel about Rihanna. You know what I mean? Like Rihanna's just the baddest chick on earth to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am that's no secret. I think every fucking guy thinks that. Or the majority of guys think Rihanna's in that upper echelon, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a but Beyonce Rihanna's, guy myself. So. Right? But I mean, in general, Beyonce Rihanna, like most guys are gonna, you know, of course, like 12 10s, right? Rihanna's music, you know, like you take that Black Panther shit she did, that slow song. Yep. I did I've not listened, besides it being on the radio, I've not listened to a second of that song. <laughs> Besides, actually, that's not true. I played it that night it released. And Keenan, I bet it did not get to six seconds before I turned that shit off. I was like, fuck, like, what? Like, this song's not made for me. You know what I mean? Uh, Rihanna's anti-album, I think that's a fantastic album. That's a great album that I would listen to. It's anti. Yep. A lot of the rest of her, of her catalog is very pop. With some songs I would like here and there throughout her projects. Yeah, whereas Anti is a really good, you know, it's got dancehall vibes, it's got R and B vibes, like it. That feels like a true Rihanna album to me, you know. Which is, that's not a distour. She's a pop artist, much like Beyonce. There's a lot of stuff. Beyonce's
1: Beyonce's last album, obviously, was in like that same kind of dance techno. Just wasn't for me. That's not me, right. but me, me, but me. On the other hand, she drops lemonade, and I feel like I'm the girl that's going through the problems. Like I absolutely, <laughs> I love lemonade. Oh. I, like I feel like yes, yes, B J did us wrong. Like that is me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. That's that's one way to put it. And uh, <laughs> and by the way, I think Rihanna even had like in the early 2010s. I think she had a dance centric album, much like Beyonce released with her past project. And uh, and Beyonce. I think we heard that that was supposed to be like part one of other projects this year. So I wonder if she's dropping something in the first quarter of 2023 here. But all that to say, all that to say, SZA, who you know I'd heard of her, I definitely heard her on Rihanna's album in 2016, was not looking for SZA. uh, Saw her, I think I saw, I think I mentioned this last podcast. Saw it trending on Twitter. Figured I'd give it a listen. Again, she's not making music for me at all. And I could not believe the depth of artistry she had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just that album is like a piece of art. I yes. mean, granted, what music's supposed to be. But I mean, that music, that album truly stand, will stand the test of time. That album's going to age beautifully, uh, you know. I will forever be a scissor fan just off that album that's how great that album is you know what i mean yeah you want to talk about someone like frank ocean who's like an incredibly deep artist who can you know who can just make incredible music depths of music that certain r&b artists just can't do like only frank can reach that level that's how i feel about scissor you know what i mean and uh maybe that's part of it is i feel this album didn't reach those depths that being said still i'm sure me only given this like a half-hearted listen, I'm sure, and this maybe isn't fair to the rest of the RB game, but I'm sure this album's better than 80% of what artists put out. Like, it I'm is. You
1: don't have to feel like it's not unfair. It is.
0: <laughs> that's just the level of artists it is. And again, she's not making music for me, so maybe that's part of it too, is I heard this album was like, eh, you know, whatever. Whereas that was the opposite feeling in 2018 when I heard Control, when I was like, what the fuck is this? I've never heard an artist like this before. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, that's my... I don't do New Year's resolutions, but if I were to have a resolution, it's to give a more serious listen to these artists. So we're going to have a lot of big releases, probably starting off here within the next couple of weeks. You know, Actually, shit. Music just dropped within the last 20 minutes. I don't know what dropped. But, uh, you know, I feel like I did a good job paying attention to what released for most of 2022, but I do not think I was on top of it as I was in 2021 and years prior. I definitely feel like I slapped off. I feel like my listening habits were still there, but I feel like I listened to a lot of music of the past or stuck to some of the same music that released this year. So I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to try to really give in-depth listens to artists that even maybe I don't even care for, but I want a more nuanced opinion on uh, on certain artists, that's for sure.
1: Um, just at a new artist, I completely agree with you. I don't do a good job at all at like opening my palette like, now. I feel like I now just have like what I need. It's like when I go to the grocery store, instead of like trying new things, I just know exactly what I want, get it every time and I know it's going to just satisfy my needs. I need to do a better job at being able to be like, oh, hey, let me give this a listen. Let me give that a listen. Uh, you were talking about new music. Uh, Drake does have a song with uh, Popkin. Popkin? And Drake? Yeah, I just saw that. Uh, yeah, he's yes. a
0: featured artist, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's, I going not say that was just a random thing because you you're talking about uh, music dropping. but
0: French, si- French Montana dropped Cold Boy 6, so I'm downloading that as we speak. And it's a DJ drama project. I did not realize that. So that's definitely gonna be uh, played all day tomorrow. So,
1: yeah. Uh, so with, I was gonna say you were talking SZA. SZA's album, obviously, I've one in depth on pretty much here. I really love that album. That's one of my favorites of the year. I do like. I like your comparison, kind of, of her and Frank Ocean. I think I like Control and Channel Orange. For what they are, they almost are kind of comparable, and mm-hmm. in a di- in a different way, I wouldn't say Blonde and Control, um, Blonde and uh, SOS, are as much. I mean, they're both longer projects, but SZA has more mainstream hits on, or has made more mainstream songs on there compared to Frank, who doesn't. But they are very, they're like artists who are one of one. You don't find really. You're not going to find another Scissor for a while. People who will try to emulate her, but you won't find another Scissor for a while, which is what I really love about. Which is what I really love about her.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know of her as another artist, other artist people, people don't have. <laughs> for sure, and uh, you know, if you want to keep the comparison to Frank, there's not many artists who have that little of a catalog. Let's say in comparison to even. Rihanna right let's say Rihanna the same amount of years has been in the game to when Rihanna was like what let's say six years we'll give we'll give SZA a a couple years of when we at least heard of her right yeah because she we'd heard of her before she'd released that album at least likely on some projects whether it was TV or like I said that anti-album yeah Rihanna as a pop artist comes onto the scene so let's say four years six years Rihanna released much more music than probably Frank and SZA combined in those first six years. That could be an exaggeration, but you get my point here. Frank and SZA just don't drop out in the way, or in the quantity that a Beyoncé no, or a or um, does. You
1: know? I was going to say, so, with, SZA, with SZA, it went from from her first sh- drop to now is eight years. She dropped Z in 2014, and she just barely dropped in 2022. That's eight years she dropped Z control and then SOS. Frank from twenty eleven to like twenty nineteen dropped uh Nostalgia Ultra Channel Orange and Blonde. So like they're kind of they really are like similar in the way they have dropped their projects. They've let time breathe between them. They've done things. They're just so introspective when they do it. And when they put out music, you know you're gonna get quality music regardless of the weight. And even though the wait can sometimes be difficult because you're like, okay, it's been five, five and a half years since I've gotten new music from this artist. Once they drop, it's like it almost, you almost forget the time that's been passed.
0: Absolutely. I concur. Sorry, I was a little uh, I was sidetracked because I know the game, the Nuggets and Clippers, they started at like 10, and the game's already over at 1230. I feel like that's early. I guess that's actually... Yes, it's on, man. Two and a half hours. It's actually usually when it does end. But but usually it ends around 1245. But Nuggets blew up the Clippers. And, uh, you know, Salt has got that dub earlier, too.
1: Yeah.
0: But, uh, hey, that's all I got for tonight. Same. We will be back to review the Week 18 games and then preview the playoffs, which I cannot wait for. That's going to be fun. Once again, DeMar Hamlin, positive vibes, prayers to you. We're glad that you're doing well. Uh. Keenan, great talking to you. Great I talking to you, you as well. Games. I cannot wait for next week. Like I'll you'll hear me repeat this a million times next week, probably. Uh I've said this, you know, the NBA, I like the N or you know, I prefer basketball to football, right?
1: Yeah.
0: League league for league, I prefer the NFL <coughs> to the NBA, I would say. League for league. Yeah. But, you know, I love the opening week of the NBA playoffs for sure. The opening week, wild card weekend of the NFL, where you got wire to wire games now, especially with this extra seed, you got wire to wire games on Saturday and Sunday. It's truly, like, it like truly, it is truly another holiday.
1: There's and nothing. You, you like
0: might as well it. just add it to my holiday season. because that's what it is. The only thing I do not like about this extra wild card weekend is that Pro Bowl weekend used to fall on my birthday weekend, and I could just. Party it up carefree without any sports. And now I have championship weekend on my birthday weekend, which was a factor last year. But, I mean, you know, we did it up for my 30th. I, I will openly tell everybody I fell asleep during that third quarter of the chiefs Bengals game and woke up to what the fuck is going on here. What the fuck is this? Because, I mean, I went, I went and took a nap at halftime, thinking I'd be up for the third quarter. Again, slept through the third quarter. And I believe what? It was like sixteen three at halftime. Twenty one three.
1: Twenty-one
0: three. So I'm not gonna say I thought it was over, but I didn't think the Bengals were all the way in it either. And yeah, I woke up to a surprise and woke up to chaos in that fourth quarter. But I'm definitely I will definitely still be uh watching the games. I was able to watch most of each game last year and you know. That's a complete other story about the Miami trip.
1: Yeah, like, they're that, up 21 yeah. to 3, and it was 21 to 10 going into half. Sorry, I just wanted to correct that.
0: That Miami trip would need its own podcast. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I cannot wait. That is, again, that's my only gripe. Once upon a time, my uh, my birthday weekend would fall on Super Bowl weekend, or the Super Bowl would fall, you know, vice yeah. versa. But then, yeah, it got moved to February probably about 16, 15 years ago, I want to say, was when it... Started the first week of February, and then now we get it damn near where All Star Weekend would be. I think All Star Weekend now starts a week later. Like it was the third week of February last year, and I think it's usually around like Valentine's Day weekend that that area. And yeah. now it's like in the 20, 21st range. But uh, yeah, man, playoffs here, and then you know to think about All Star Weekend now being about six seven weeks away—that's crazy to think about the the return ballots for the fan. Votes, which mean pretty much nothing. Those came back today. Uh, Austin Reeves and Derrick Rose were some highlights in there, and you know they're not all stars, so that's why I say the fan vote really doesn't mean much. No, it doesn't. But, mean uh, much. but yeah, no, it is the season for that anyway, and that's going to be extremely hard to pick twelve guys. They still took twelve for that, even though NBA rosters are now like thirteen active guys. They should, expand, they should expand. They should expand like fifteen. They really should.
1: They should. They should, but... Um, I, It's going to be very difficult to choose, like... Tyrese Halliburton's probably... He's got to be an all-star. The West is just going to be a... The West is going to be just a crapshoot, honestly. You've got... You've got Ja, you've got Steph, you've got... Devin Booker, you've got... Um, I don't know how people feel about, like, Clay Thompson. I mean, obviously... He's coming on, but play-wise, no. But then you also have to think that people vote the name as well. He's starting to play better. Like, it's just, there's so many guards just alone in the West that can get it Luke as a guard. So it's just, oh, who are you going to put in? <laughs> you know, yeah. who, uh, who I mean, I'd say Clay probably I'd say won't probably but,
0: falls out of you yeah. know, the Booker J Steph...
1: Oh, he falls out of he's not playing on that. Like just I know sometimes you saw players would get in more so kind of off their name. Like how yeah. like they have a good season off their name and Clay with this last like about 2 weeks where he's kind of having a resurgence. He's been playing very well. He did drop 54 the other night. I could start to see him getting votes for it. But like play-wise, like when you come to like the numbers and things, no, he's not. He's not right. there.
0: He's not. There. I, th- I think that's why they switched it because it used to be pure fan votes. Now yeah. it's like fan votes, coaches, and players, I believe. Or it might have been coaches mm-hmm. and fans or Now it's fans, players, coaches. And then you got some s- sort of you've got to see
1: shea Like there's no way he's not there. You can't average yeah, thirty one. A- yeah. You can't average thirty one a game and not be there. And then you got Dame as well. I am like just looking at just guards. You have, I mean, Paul George. He's a forward. You got Anthony Edwards. He's a guard-forward. And then you get to people like De'Aaron Fox, who's putting up twenty-four, five, and six. Who will probably Foster's. will be who will probably be left off because of just that. How many guards are in the uh, West?
0: Never but, know. We got you, you got probably, what, six weeks left? Of oh, bowl, definitely.
1: Or, I was going to say. If, um, or at least, I don't know. Definitely. I mean, it, it definitely could change for sure. And then the East, obviously, you've got – there's just so many people. you got Embiid, Giannis, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, KD. We know what people feel about Kyrie. Uh, uh, Demar has been playing pretty decent as well. Jalen Brown, Trey Young. So it's going to – Pascal Siakam has been playing great. Then also in the West, like what do you do with someone like Laurie Markinen who's averaging twenty four and eight? Like he probably gets left off, but you could make if he keeps playing. I mean, he did drop forty nine tonight. he keeps playing a little. He keeps playing like this. You could start to get votes for him to even be an All Star for the year.
0: Absolutely, it's crazy. It's a crazy season. I can't wait to dive more into the NBA here as the NFL is winding down. But uh, yeah, we got a busy weekend i'm gonna get out of here keenan great talking to you go follow the warner brothers podcast at warner brothers podcast on instagram
1: surprise next week for the warner brothers podcast
0: absolutely absolutely
1: surprise next week for sure for the warner brothers podcast you have to tune in to see but
0: keenan talk to you soon you have a good one i will talk to you this weekend
1: see ya